0: It's time for children's church. Those of you who are going to children's church if you'll follow Miss Jackie to my left. And to your right, those of you who are staying in the sanctuary, please turn your Bibles to the Book of Exodus, the Book of Exodus. I want to thank Bill for filling in for me uh, last week. Uh, I had a family wedding last week, as I'm sure they, they told you. and then this week I had a church family wedding. Uh, some of y'all I told yesterday, but I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Y'all know what I'm going to do next weekend? I ain't doing nothing. If Amy comes, if Amy comes home today, she's on like a, a short-term mission trip right now. Uh, if she comes home today, Kevin, and she says, uh, listen, we're going so-and-so. Into, I said, you need to sit down, woman. Because we, we ain't doing nothing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell, tell Amy just like Dan tells Michelle. You sit down and you keep quiet. We ain't going nowhere this this week. We'll see how that works. Turn again in your Bibles to the book of Exodus. Today we're going to continue to explore the, the miracles of the Bible. And I'm not just talking about any run of the mill miracle, but miracles so miraculous that if or when you try to try to explain them to someone who is not a believer in Christ or, or the God of heaven and earth, they just cannot believe them at all. In our last study, we looked at the Ark of Noah and saw how everything that happened in this event was truly a miracle. We saw how God of creation, the God of creation, looked down on the earth and he saw nothing but continual wickedness. Now, I want, I, and I said this last or two weeks ago, but I, I've got to say it again today. I, I wonder what God thinks when he looks down at us now, Brandon, as he looks at this earth. I, I wonder, if, you know, how, how close we are to the days of Noah but he looked down and he saw continual wickedness and decided to destroy everything he had created. But Noah and his family found favor in the sight of God. We heard God give specific instructions as how Noah would save his family and refresh the earth. Noah preached for over a hundred years and no other person came or came back to God. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's, there's been times in, in life and in ministry where it's, it's been rough and I haven't been totally depressed, but I mean, I, can you imagine preaching for a hundred years and not one, not one person, not one person come back to God? Well, I, that tells you how wicked the nation was then. I mean, not one person. And then we learned how the ark represented the salvation of Christ to come. Both the ark and the cross were made of wood and and gave salvation to those who entered. There there was one door on the ark, and Jesus is the only door of salvation. Amen? He's the only way. Noah was told to cover the ark with pitch to seal it. And, church, we are sealed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, this morning, we're going to see yet another unbelievable miracle in the book of Exodus. Y'all ready? Are you ready? Amen. Everybody awake. Most of y'all had a long drive last night, and so did I. We we can. I'm, I'm gonna take a nap today, Lord willing. But let's take a nap after church. Amen. Amen. All right. Look at the book of Exodus, chapter one. And who, who wrote Timothy? Who wrote book of Exodus? Who, who who's I, I said Timothy? Is your name Timothy? Okay, I'm just checking. It turn out here and aid up, Sam. <laughs> Here we go, Exodus chapter 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. Each each, uh, came with his family. Reuben, Simon, Levi, Judah, Ishkar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. The total number of Jacob's descendants was 70. 70. That's it. 70. Joseph was already in Egypt when Joseph and all his brothers and all that generations died. But the Israelites were fruitful, increased rapidly, multiplied, and became extremely numerous so that the land was filled with them. A new king who uh, had not known Joseph came to power in Egypt. He said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and powerful than we are let us deal shrewdly with them otherwise they will mul- multiply further and if war breaks out they may join our enemies and fight against us and leave the country so the egyptians assigned taskmasters over the israelites to oppress them with forced labor they build pitmon and ramesses as supply cities for pharaoh but the more they oppressed them the more they multiplied and spread so the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. They worked the Israelites ruthlessly and made their lives bitter with difficult labor and brick and mortar and all, all, and, and all kinds of field work. They ruth, ruthlessly imposed all this work on them. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shiphrah and the other Puah, when, they, when, when you help the Hebrew women give birth, observe them as they deliver. If the child is a son, kill him. But if it was a daughter, she may live. Hey, listen, this, this sounds like today kind of, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It really does. The Hebrew midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt, Egypt told them. They, they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, Why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, The Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can, can get to them. So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very numerous. Since the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Pharaoh then commanded all his people, You must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live. Let's pray. God, again, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sins. Lord Jesus, we declare with everything that's in us that you are Lord God of all, and we praise you this morning. Now, Lord, I pray that you would be with us right now during this, this next little bit of time. I pray that you would wake us and shake us. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and our eyes and our ears and help us, Lord, to hear this message from you. See how it applied back in that day and see how it applies to us today. Lord, we need you and we can't get enough of you. Help us to hear you now. In Jesus' name I do pray and all God's children said, amen. Amen. Church family, I want to stop right here for a second. I want to stop right here for just a minute and tell you something about this one book, the book of Exodus. Just one of the 66 books that was included in our Bible. This whole book, the whole book, the book of Exodus is just one book of miracles. It really is. If, you, if somebody want, if comes to you and says, we don't, I want to see the, the miracles of, of God in, in the Bible, I want you to, you know, you, you're always talking about how God is so miraculous. Point them to the book of Exodus. I mean, you can point them to really any book. Because there's miracles of God, unbelievable miracles of God. But church, this whole book, the book of Exodus, every single chapter we see, miracle after miracle. From the preservation of God's people in chapter 1 to the setting up of the tabernacle in chapter 40. This is a book of miracles. Miracles that are so unbelievable that if God were not, not the provider of those miracles, no man would ever believe it. We wouldn't even believe it. But God. But God. It is unbelievable the miracles that are right here in this one book. Now, what miracles do we see in our Scripture this morning? Did y'all see them? Did Did you see all of them? Because there's more than one. There's more than two. There's more than three. Sarah, did you see all the miracles that took place in our Bible this morning. And listen, this is one of the reasons why I feel like God's led me to do this sermon series on unbelievable miracles. It's because we have become so lackadaisical, even as Christians, as we're reading through, it's just commonplace. Well, this, this is biblical. No, it's It's a miracle. It's a miracle. We do it in our everyday lives. We see a bird flying through the air, and it's, oh, it's just a bird. Yeah, but it, 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 you know, its body mass outweighs the wings. How in the world is that thing flying, Dan? I mean, it, it makes no sense. Uh, there's, there's a bumblebee that's all constantly on my back porch. The bumblebee, I mean, it's almost big as a golf ball, it looks like, and it's supported by wings that, that look like, I mean, see-through paper. How is that even possible? It's God. It's God. God continuously just presents miracle after miracle to us, even as Christians, and we just, oh, look, there's a bumblebee. Look, there's a bird. There, there's a bird. I've told you all this. Y'all, y'all need to come to my house first thing in the morning when Amy leaves to go to work. It, it's, it, this is crazy. You, you can sit in the Food line parking lot up here in Georgetown and see it too because it's right on the grid. Every single morning, every single morning, it happened this morning, the birds are flying into the city in the morning. I mean, I mean, I can't count them. Same path. Same path every morning. In the afternoon before the sun sets, about 5 o'clock, those same birds that flew in the city are now flying towards the coast. And you can hear them. Some of them are seagulls. But what, what are you, what, Brother Kyle, what's, what's the big deal? That is God! That is, that is God. How in the world? I mean, they take the same flight path. They don't have beacons in the, in the air, that they like airplanes, where they you know, push a button and it, it dials into Miami, Florida. No. How in the world do these birds do it every single day? God, God does everything for us, and we don't call it a miracle. But this morning, we see several miracles in our Scripture. The first miracle we see is seen in verses one through five. Verse one says this These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. Each came with his family Reuben, Simon, Levi, Judah, Ishkar, Zebulun, Benjamin, Dan, Nephtali, Gad, and Asher. The total number of Joseph's descendants was 70. Joseph was already in Egypt. Did y'all see that miracle? Did y'all see it? Look I, 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 I saw names, but I, I, don't, I, I didn't see the miracle. Well, see, that's how we are. That's how conditioned we are. There's a miracle there. Do you know what was taking place in the, in the, in the promised land at this time? Do, do, y'all, do y'all remember the story? Y'all, do y'all remember why Jacob sent his family or his boys to, to, what is it? Yeah, there was a famine. There was a famine. And God's people were in the, the, the promised land where the famine was. And wh- where was Joseph? Joseph was in Egypt. That's a long distance between the two. But they heard that there was food in Egypt, so they, they went to get some food. Well, why did, they, why did they do that? Well, they needed food. They knew that, you know, they, they had it and they needed it, so, so they went. What happened? They were given more every time than they asked for you know what that is a picture of? Grace and preservation. Grace and preservation. Can I tell you something? God, if you trust God and you fear God, you're always going to be preserved and mercy upon mercy is going to be given to you. Why is that? Because God, you belong to God. You belong to God. Everywhere in Scripture, there are unbelievable miracles all throughout Scripture where God preserves His people. He always, pre- well, hold on a second. There's Christians being persecuted in China. Yeah, but where do they go after they died? They go home. They go home. As long as we have breath in us, as long as God has purpose for us, as long as we are being used by God and willing to be used by God, listen, God is always going to preserve us. Well, hold on, brother Kyle. I, you know, I, I wanted a cheeseburger, but I got chicken nuggets. So, so do you? Listen, do you really? Do you really think that the the widow with Elijah didn't get tired of those little biscuits? Just all in biscuits, all in biscuits. For for how long a period of time during that famine? I imagine. I, I if, if I have to eat, if I have to eat Jiffy cornmeal mix one more time in my life. And I haven't had it in 20 years. But it, Mr. Taylor, if I have to put that garbage in my mouth one more time in my life, I think I'll die. That's all my daddy made. All he made. Every time he'd make beef stew or chili, Kenny, we, we had this little cast iron thing that, that had, it looked like corn, little pieces of corn. And, and he would make this jiffy, jiffy junk and, and pour it into the, the cavity of the, the cast iron. And, and he would put it out there. And I don't know how it was at your house, but if, if dad fixed your plate and he put two of those things on there, you better eat it. And I, I'd, I'd kind of whistle, Cubby, Cubby. That was my dog's name. And try and slip it up. But listen, what are you saying? I'm sure that you get tired of stuff sometimes, but your God always sustains you. If you belong to God, God is going to sustain you. And that's what we see a picture of this morning. God's unbelievable presence in sustaining those who love him. This, we see a second miracle though, church, in verse 6 and 7. Verse 6 says this, Then Joseph and all his brothers and all the generation died. They were gone. They were gone. But the Israelites were fruitful, increased rapidly, multiplied, and became extremely numerous so that the land was filled with them. How in the world is that even possible? Think with me here for a second. Egypt was full of Egyptians, right? Y'all with me? Joseph is sold into Egyptian bondage. He goes, he's just by himself. Then he winds up in, in prison, then he winds up, you know, serving Pharaoh, right? It's just him. Well, he finds him a beautiful wife and they have two boys, right? Y'all with me? And then all of his brothers and sisters come and he winds up taking care of them and they, they're put on an outpost outside of the land of Egypt where they, you know, they, can, they can serve God there and worship God there and sacrifice to God there without any intrusion, And at this point in time, now, it it even gives gives us a number in verse 5. It says the total number of Jacob's descendants was how many? Seventy. Seventy. And Kim, now, fast forward, Pharaoh dies, Joseph dies, and all, you know, the new Pharaoh comes in. And now, they are about to outnumber the Egyptians. How, How in the world is that even possible? It's not. It's not. But, but God, you mean to tell me that everything kept happening the way it was? All these Egyptians, you know, they, they kept you know, having relations, but, you know, the babies just weren't coming. Uh, but but the, Egypt, the, the, the Israelites, they were conceiving baby after baby after baby after, and they come now to out, almost outnumber the Egyptians? That's not possible. It's mathematically impossible. But God, But God, it's an absolute miracle. What do you see here, Brother Kyle? Those who fear God, those who trust God, God always blesses. Well, he doesn't bless me. He doesn't bless me the way he blessed this person over there. They have way more than I do. You need to stop and count your blessings and look at your blessings. Listen, when we take our eyes off our blessings and look at somebody else's blessings, that's when our blessings become useless to us. God has, if you, listen, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. If you live in America, you are rich. I don't care what you live in in America. I don't care what you drive in America. If you live in America today, 2022, you are beyond blessed. You are rich. Look at your blessings. Count your blessings. Be blessed by your blessings. I can't explain it. I really can't. But God, it's an absolute miracle. We then see a tragedy in the midst of the miracles in verses 8 through 16, and I'm not going to read through those, but you, you, you know what happened. Pharaoh is trying to, he, he's trying to, you know, even the numbers out, and uh, he's, he's come up with a master plan. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Midwives, he calls the midwives in, and he says, Look, you know, we got to do something. If a boy is born, kill it. Kill it. If it's, a, if it's a girl, let it live. Now think about that for a second. If his plan worked out and there were no little boys, but there were little girls, what was, what was in his mind, what, what was he planning on doing with those little girls? Crossbreeding, assimilating, assimilating. That's been the, the thought process of kings, I mean, e- even the days that we live in. Uh, this king has a son, and this king over here ha- has a daughter, and if we can just bring the two together, we'll have peace and unity within the nations. Ah, that plan had not worked out real well, has it? It, it really hasn't. But that's the, the tragedy in the midst of all these miracles. Now, I want to I do a little survey. Y'all pay attention. Listen to me now. If you were born after January 22nd, 1973, raise your hand. If you were born after January 22nd, 1973, raise your hand. Raise it high. Everybody see? Okay, put your hands down. Sarah, I didn't realize you were that up. No, I'm just <laughs> What is the significance of January 22nd, 1973? Roe versus Wade. Do you realize how lucky you are to be alive? If you were born after January 22nd, 1973, you are lucky to be alive because, as insane as this plan is that Pharaoh has, well, look, you know, we're just going to kill them all. All the boys, we're going to kill them all. As insane as that sounds, the plan that's in effect now is even more insane. And it has been in place since January 22nd, of 1973. Oh, well, you're pregnant? You didn't mean to get pregnant? You can have it terminated. Boy, girl, squirrel, it doesn't matter. Hey, listen, you kill it. Kill it. Which is worse? Which is worse? Scripture says that Christ is going to return in the times of the days that were like Noah. And I asked this earlier, and I've got to ask it again. How much worse is it going to get? I, I, I fear the same. It's horrible. So we see this, this unbelievable tragedy in the midst of... Of of the miracles, but then we see another miracle in verse 17. Look at verse 17. Verse 17 says this: It says the Hebrew midwives, however, feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had told them that they they when they should uh, let the and they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them why. Well, brother, brother Kyle, what what are you talking about? What 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 do you see? They defied the pharaoh. If I ask somebody to do it, and this has happened, Michelle, this has actually happened. When I ask my children to do stuff, you know, Steve, I've come home and they hadn't done it. I know that didn't happen with, with, with yours, right? Robin, when you, when you tell Brandon to do something, has there been times when you've come home and he just hadn't done it? I mean, he's still sitting on the couch with a remote in his hand and his underwear just watching TV, Right? We're not talking about our spouse or our children's here. children here. We're talking about Pharaoh. We're not even talking about the president of the United States because we can say, oh, well, we don't have to do anything. He, he says, I mean, he ain't my president, right? That's, that's what we say. We don't have to listen to that. We're talking about Pharaoh. This dude didn't play. I mean, he would kill people in your sight, cut their heads off, put it on a stick, and hang it out at the city gate. This dude didn't play. He was bad. He was mean. They were told, they weren't asked to kill all the male children were born by the Hebrew children. And they didn't do it. That's miraculous. But God. And that's an easy thing for them to do. I mean, the way it was explained, it sounds like they'd probably done something to that effect in times past. But they didn't do it. They refused to do it. They defied Pharaoh. And that is a miracle, church. We didn't see the ultimate plot of this whole story unfold in verse 22. It says this, Pharaoh then commanded all his people, all his people, all the people who were in the land of Egypt, you must throw every son born of the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live. His will was going to be done. I just can't imagine. I can't imagine. But the good thing is this: we all know what Paul Harvey used to to say, don't we? We know the rest of the story. And those of you who sat, just sat there and said, "Who, who, who is Paul Harvey?" Go to YouTube. You need to hear Paul Harvey. Huh? Oh yeah just to hear that, that voice again. We know the rest of the story, which was an absolute and complete and total miracle. Pharaoh had given the command to all his people. You know who that was? Every other person in the land of Egypt. Every other person in the land of Egypt. All of them. You throw those boys in the river. Well... I don't know how long the time period was that passed, but his sister, or, or his, 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 was it his niece? His sister was just down by the stream bathing, minding her own business, and she sees a basket floating down the river. Now, y'all, I saw a watermelon last year floating down the, 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 the river, and I, I picked it up, gave it to my chickens, but I can't imagine, I mean, just minding my own business, seeing a, a basket floating down the river. I, I've never seen a basket stay, you know, the right side up in water. But this this basket had a baby in it. A baby. And, and it floats right up to the bank where she's bathing. And she looks in the basket, Mr. Hallman. And the immediate response that should have taken place because what, of, what Pharaoh had dictated was, what, what should she have done when she looked in that basket, Kevin, and saw that baby? She should have grabbed it by the legs and seen how, fast, how far she could throw on that baby. Right? But she didn't. She, she didn't. She picked that baby up, looked in that baby's face and didn't show hardship or or hatred towards that baby because she knew it was an Israelite baby and they were trying to save it. What what she did was she saved that one baby, took it and adopted it. Had the mother, didn't even know it was the mother, came and and nursed that baby until it was past the time to nurse. I mean, step after step after step, God was in control of this baby. Who was this baby? What was this baby's name? Moses. Moses. And God would use Moses to free these very people in Egypt. It's miracle after miracle after miracle in the book of Exodus. Now, I know somebody who is listening to this, whether it's now or this week, next week, next month, next year, two years, ten years. They're sitting there saying, you know, if God would just, if he would just display these miracles in my life. The way he did, I I could believe. Church, he does. He does. We've got to look for him. We've got to pray, God, I I know Satan binds me and and he, and he, he closes my eyes that I can't see. God, open my eyes that I might be able to see you clearly the way I need to see you. Listen, the way I know you want me to see you. You think that'll really work, Brother Kyle? Yeah, because it worked for me. I prayed, God, if you're real, I want you to prove to me that you're real. And he did. Hey, listen, he still is doing it. He's, Deborah, he's still doing it. Every single day. He's doing it every single day. God always provides those who trust him to see him. Always. Always. So if you're sitting there, listen, saying, if I could just see it. Take one step towards God. He'll take ten towards you. If you'll accept him, I promise you, he'll sustain you just like he did the Hebrew children. If you will trust him, I pray that he will multiply in your life things that you've never seen before. Not just children, but I mean just he'll multiply things in your life like you've never seen before. You can't explain it in a miraculous way. He'll, he'll, He'll watch over and protect you as he did the Hebrew children. Listen, he'll, he'll, he will set you on a path to where it's easy for you to defy Satan. I enjoy that, don't you? When Satan comes and whispers something in your ear, you just say, man, shut up. Do y'all talk to Satan that way and his demons? Man, just shut up. The power of God is in me. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. I still sin. But God gives us a way out every single, every single day. Church, listen. What can we learn from these miracles in the midst of tragedies this morning? It does not matter what you're going through in, our, in your life. If it's sickness, trust God. If it's famine, trust God. If it's persecution, trust Trust God. Even if death comes, trust God. Church, God honors those who honor Him. But will you trust Him today? Will you honor Him today? Let's all stand. Heads bowed, and eyes closed. Father, we come to You again asking forgiveness of our sins. We pray, Lord, that You would be with us right now and You'd help us, Lord, to feel Your presence If there's one here this morning who doesn't know you, God, I pray that you would just move upon their heart to come down and let let me show them what Scripture says every person must do to be born again. Be with us right now during this time, Lord. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, do you need to come this morning and just spend some time with God? Will you come?